I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been getting out of work. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, when it rains and it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Oh, well, welcome to uh, Put That Coffee Down. Right. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a show full of surprises today. This is the uh, Freight Sales Show for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill here with Richie Dagoa. How are you today, Richie? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. I know. I, I see you brought a plant. I think it's always good to have a plant B. It, it is always good to have a plant B and a plant C and a plant D. That's what sales is all about. So we all will be, we'll be talking sales today. We uh, may or may not have a guest today. So uh, we're working on that right now. Uh, but we're going to be talking about differentiation. Lee Sauls uh, is scheduled uh, to, to be on here. And he is out with a new book. It's called Sell Different. And his original book, Sells Differentiation, uh, was an awesome book. I encourage everybody to read it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it is important to sell different. Uh, and I'm excited to dive into what that means. So, uh, yeah. I, I am too. I, I am definitely too. Let's, uh, let's talk about Surge Transportation first, though. Surge Transportation is the fastest growing 3PL in the logistics space today. Based in Chicago and Jacksonville, they offer unrestricted access to almost all accounts, limitless territory, and a chance to be a key player in a growing company. To find out more, email jobs at surgetransportation.com. Uh, Omar was uh, in town earlier this week. We had lunch, or not earlier this week, but last week. And a uh, great guy, and he's got a lot of uh, interesting things going on. We'll be talking to him again next month in, in October, and it will be, it'll, it'll be a great interview. It, Always it is. All Always about is. the surge story. So yep. it's great. So uh, you were talking earlier in the week or last week about uh, a new segment, and why don't you fill the audience in on what we're going to start doing? Yeah, I think it'd be great to hear from our audience what types of topics they would like for us to, to cover and any uh, comment in, in the LinkedIn feed there uh, with any questions that you would like for us to, to cover in a future episode or a topic that you would like for us to cover. Can't promise we're going to get through everything, but you know, we'll choose one out of uh, what's put in this week's comment box for, mm -hmm. for discussing next week. Yeah. And, um, and let's kick us off. We have Calvin Sachs here. Uh, and he had a comment on a show that we did a couple weeks ago on transactional versus consultative sales. And his comment is right here. I agree that consultative selling is the way to go in the long run. But when you're in our office sales team or making, or actually our office sales team are making calls every day looking for new business, I can almost guarantee you every opportunity they get will end up being transactional. Hopefully, after you have one, a transactional customer, you can show them what you have to offer other than just 53-foot box on wheels. 100%. And I think that there is a misnomer there that, you know, consultative, good, transactional, bad. No, no, like there, there's a time and place for each, but it's important to know what game you're playing so you can play it appropriately. And I think mm -hmm. that's key. And there, there are benefits in the long run, like he says, to growing a client from just being a transactional client into a partnership or some sort of long-term value-driven sales relationship. 
Yeah, I think oftentimes you, you have to get in and, and freight brokerage is, is difficult. So if you're getting in transactional start off with, that's great, but it's time to, to start pivoting almost immediately into those key differentiators. Yeah, and it's nice to be to move from just a pricing discussion to a value discussion. And if you can set yourself up as an expert to where you can provide that value, then it, it changes some of the dynamics there. It, it does. It, it does. It's all about differentiation. It's all about setting yourself apart, and that's what sales is. And that's how you get into the value. That's how you create the value is, is doing things that you can't find other places, whether that's in the sales process or in the product design or the service design. Whatever you do, you have to not only be differentiated, but also that differentiation has to, to provide value. 100%. It's all about value. It is. It's all about value. And, um, and so, yeah, so we'll, we'll post this out, our show out on LinkedIn. And uh, please feel free to, to drop us a comment, ask a question. Uh, we'll take a couple questions each week and start off the show with, uh, with, with answering those questions best yeah. we can. You'll get to hear our thoughts about things that you want to hear our thoughts about. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, it, it, what, you, what we should be uh, talking about. So uh, that's always good. Uh, well, let's move on to Sonar. Well, let's, let's do Sonar real quick while we're working out the, uh, the, the bugs in the system. Richie. I, I want to talk about baseball, but yeah. Let's, well, I know, we right? I know you want to talk baseball. You always want to talk about baseball. That's fine. But yeah, let's, uh, let, let's see what's happening in Sonar this week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the big news, and if you're following transportation at all, I'm sure that you're hearing that there's, what, over 70 vessels off the, off the coast of California that are, that are at anchor. And there's this huge demand and this massive tidal wave of freight coming into the West Coast. And that's acting like a big magnet. You know, mm -hmm. everybody, the, the secret's out. Everybody knows there's going to be huge amounts of freight. And there's, uh, you know, we've reported on it, numerous articles. I think one called it a gold rush. And there's, everyone's going, everyone yeah, that Zach, has a truck is rushing out west to go. Yeah, yeah Zach on Chart of the Week, uh, though, that he published this weekend on FreightWaves.com, uh, called it a gold rush. And here we go, we have that, we, we have the sonar map up on yep. screen right now to, to, to show everybody. What is that, what, what's that map telling us? So what, what's important is like, where is that capacity coming from, right? Mm -hmm. Capacity is already tight. So it's not like we're just 3D printing trucks at this point to, <laughs> to, to, for, uh, for all of this surge and freight coming into to the West Coast. So this map, what it shows, the height of every market is showing how much volume, drive-in volume is coming out of that geographical area. The darker the blue, the tighter the capacity. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a really important view and visual going forward over the next few weeks because that, that, the capacity going out west has to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And those markets that suffer are going to get a darker and darker blue on this map. And whether you're a shipper, a broker, or a carrier, you're going to want to know those areas of the country that are being most impacted uh, by capacity due to that magnet pull out west. So, so you're saying that the, the, the dark blue on the map, capacity is getting sucked out back over to the west coast, or it's likely going to happen? Right. So those markets that are dark blue right now are already tight, right? And this is as of today is when I took this screenshot. And so I think that there's going to be changes. Some of these markets may loosen, but other mm -hmm. markets that are showing a lighter blue or even a white may turn blue as well. 
there's going to be some shifts and there's going to be some disruption and that capacity has to come from somewhere. And this map is going to show us day by day where capacity is getting tighter. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's a really important visual going forward. It is. It's an important visual. And a lot of the, the 71 ships out you know, in San Pedro Bay, uh, they're sitting out there. They're going to get unloaded, uh, whether they go to a third shift. Um, it, somehow they're going to get unloaded. The, the rail is pretty well full, right? It's at full capacity. Uh, these things, uh, these products have to get off. They have to be expedited, which means by truck to wherever they need to go to be able to distribute it out to whether it's brick and mortar or it's straight to the consumer. So it's, it's busy. It's getting up to the busy holiday season. So it's, it's going uh, to be an interesting market to watch. Definitely. And, you know, you want to understand these dynamics, especially if you're in a sales position, mm-hmm. right? Because this information is going to be key. If you're in brokerage sales, there are going to be times where it is very difficult to source a truck and to find a truck, and you're going to have to go out with a really hefty price to get freight covered. And if you know that in the, in the beginning, before you're mm-hmm. even quoting to a shipper, you can save yourself a tremendous amount of headache. And so, like, having this information, being able to present things, you know, not just a rate, but a story behind that rate, uh, you know, that's backed by real-time market information is is so important in building trust and uh, setting yourself up for good good outcomes. It, it does. It really does. So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting fourth quarter. And uh, yeah. and and if you have sonar, you, know, you just have better market intelligence to to to, to base your decisions. It's a on, fantastic right? sales tool for building trust. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, let's talk a little bit about differentiation. Uh, I, I was going through and, and kind of evaluating products online. And, and something came up to me, and I'll ask, Lee is in. So I'll ask Lee this in, in just a, a couple of minutes. But first, Lee, it's, it's great to see you. Great to have you back on, on the show. Uh, congratulations on the new book. It, it launched last Tuesday, so we're about a week into it. It's Sell Different. Uh, can you introduce yourself for us? I can. First of all, I'm here to talk baseball. I heard I had that opportunity. <laughs> a huge baseball fan. What are we going to talk, Yankees? I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> well, you know, and I know oh. Kevin just asked you a question, but, but and, and <laughs> ask, ask you a question. I, I, I know I'm gonna get to uh, baseball. Richie, Richie, Richie used to uh, play minor league baseball, so he's a big baseball I have fan. Two boys that play college baseball right now. Yeah, I was reading the, the first paragraph of your book starts talking about uh, baseball recruitment. Like, oh, I know all about this, and I mean, I yes. could talk at length about conversations with multiple schools and coaches and what sets good coaches apart. And I have conversations with uh, lots of, of kids that are in high school and getting recruited about what key things to listen for in recruiting that, that are signaling a good situation to get into versus a not so good situation. So uh, really interesting that you started the book that way, because that's something that uh, is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> so, so you're talking about this book here, right? That yes. is the one. That is the one. So, so Lee, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Give it. Give us a little bit about your background, uh, about your authorship, what the book is about, and we will go from there. Sure. So, I am Lee Sauls. I'm a sales management strategist. I work across all different industries with the core purpose of helping salespeople win more deals at the prices that they want. So, the last time I was on the show, we were talking about this book. 
Sales differentiation. Yes. But last week, my new book came out, Sell Different, already hit the bestseller list in the U.S. and Canada. It's a uh, top new sales release in most countries around the world. So we're off to a fantastic start. So it begs the question, though, what's the difference, right? What's the difference in the two mm -hmm. books? What well, is the difference, Lee? Tell well, us. Well, I was in, the, in your green room. I had an opportunity to hear some of what you were sharing. I think you'd agree that sales has never been tougher than it is today. Competition is fierce. We look at the differences in features and functions from one provider to another. They're so slight. They're so subtle. And maybe you guys are having a different experience than I am, but I haven't seen any executives coming to salespeople saying, hey, I know it's tough out there. We're going to lower your quota by 50%. Go ahead and sell the deal at 20 points less margin. We're cool with that. Have you seen any executives doing that? I haven't. Have you? No. I, I didn't <laughs> I think you would. No. I, <laughs> We're still looking for salespeople to win deals at high rates or as I just trademarked, win more deals at the prices you want. But how do you do that? How do you do that when the differences in what you're selling are so subtle, so slight? You have to sell different. You have to look at every interaction you have between yourself and a buyer every touch point, and look for ways to outsmart, outmaneuver, and outsell the competition. And that's exactly what this book is all about. doesn't matter what you sell. doesn't matter if you sell B2B or B2C. It doesn't matter. The strategies that I've put in this book are designed to help you do exactly what I just shared, outsmart, outmaneuver, and outsell the competition. So I get into lead generation, uh, how you put together effective referral campaigns, how you handle discovery. You know, everybody wants to talk about how to improve closing rates, improve discovery, and closing takes care of itself. How you deal with virtual selling? How do you do it well? You know, when I wrote the book proposal, there wasn't a chapter scheduled on virtual selling. Then this little thing happened. What is it? Um, the pandemic. That's right, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Now there's a chapter on virtual selling. There's a chapter in there on dealing with the ultimate deal killer fear of change. And it's in every deal, whether they say it or not, it's there and it can absolutely kill your deal. So these are 15 strategies. Each chapter is dedicated to a strategy designed to help you outsmart that co tough competitor so that you win the deal at the prices that you want. Now, I'll, I'll give you a little peek into the kitchen. During the first round of editing, I sent the manuscript to a bunch of my corporate clients, folks that I said, this will be the target audience for it. And I said, don't edit the grammar or the spelling. Here's what I want you to do. Tell me what you could not implement based on how I presented it. Because one of my goals with this book, and I'm sure you've seen this in countless sales books, you read them and it's so complex. You go, yeah, this is really nice, but I got to hire the guy if I want to take advantage of any of this stuff. Not with sell different. That's one of the key differences, a differentiator of sell different. I wrote every chapter so that you'd understand the strategy and provide you step-by-step -step guidance to put it into practice without paying anyone a nickel to do it. And that's the reason why I, I, I love your books. I love your message, the differentiation. And you went in, in pretty in-depth of, of it's not all, all about your product and service. Our audience is, is primarily 3PL, freight brokers sales. I, it's hard to differentiate or it feels hard to differentiate yourself uh, a lot of times because 
Uh, everyone's getting a truck, you know, everyone's securing the same basic capacity to pick something up, deliver it, and charge a margin. So it, it can be thought of as commoditized. But that sales process is, is where you can really differentiate yourself from, from, you know, prospecting, from lead generation to prospecting to discovery. And that's what a lot of salespeople that they should be focusing on. You can't really change the products so, so much, especially as a salesperson, but you can change how you sell. Absolutely. 100%. You know, we started talking baseball before, and, and you referenced my son. And, and the first chapter of the book tells this, the story of Stephen. So he was a high school baseball player with aspirations to play in college. And he was asked to play between the summer of his junior and senior years on our American Legion baseball team. And if you're not familiar with American Legion, this is where the colleges come out looking for talent. And during a one-week tournament, he hit four home runs and three doubles. Boy, that got some attention. And, so. if, right? and you've been through this college recruiting experience, so you know what, what I'm talking about when something like that happens. And it, it was just amazing. The phone's ringing off the hook. All these colleges trying to sell us on their institution. But they can't differentiate what they're selling. They can't add a major, build a dorm, move the campus. Those are all fixed assets. The only thing they can do is differentiate how they sell. And they needed sell different strategy to be able to do it. And some of the colleges were absolutely fantastic at it, and some failed miserably. Now, you guys know when you first visit a college campus, as soon as you cross onto the border, your blood pressure jumps 30 points. You know why that is? Not the tuition. You can't find a place to park. Every parking lot on a college campus says, park here, and we're going to tow you, but welcome to our fine institution. Well, this one school we visited, we pull into the parking lot, and there's a spot with Stephen's name on it. Stopped us dead in our tracks. We go inside, and there's an agenda for the day. Stephen's name's printed at the top. What did it cost this college to do these two things? A penny, maybe, for the ink and the paper? But think about what they did. They made us feel like Steven was the only athlete they were recruiting anywhere on the planet for any sport the school offered. Of course, that wasn't the case, but that's how they made us feel. And in sales, we, we forget to do that. We have the same opportunity those college coaches do. We forget to make people feel special. For us, it's just another call. It's just another discovery meeting. It's just another presentation. It's just another proposal. See, for us, it's repetitive. We're doing it all day long. And we don't realize that the person on the other end of the phone, the other end of the Zoom, the other end of the meeting, for them, it's just once. You know, if you've ever been to a professional show, like a Broadway show, they deliver it a couple of times a day for weeks, months, years. But those actors recognize, for them, yes, they're doing it over and over and over again. But for that audience, it's just once. They're seeing it once. So they have to make it special. They have to make it memorable. And in sales, we don't do that enough. We make people feel like a number. I'm sure you've heard sales is a numbers game. And I partially subscribe to it. I think that's a component. But if you fully buy into sales is a numbers game, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say the people you're selling to, you're making feel like a number. Because you're saying it's a numbers game. I need to have so many of these, so many of those. Therefore, the person I'm communicating with, it's not really a person. It's a number. And that's how I make them feel. 
Now, it was interesting. There were seven schools that were chasing Stephen. The one that was top of his list, like bags packed, this is where he's going, was number seven, the last spot at the end of the process. They didn't get rid of a major. They didn't knock down a dorm. It was the recruiting experience, how he was being sold. They said the words, yeah, we really want you, but they made him feel like a number. And I have another son, David. He's a freshman in college. He's a pitcher, nationally recognized. When he went through the recruiting process, that school wasn't even on his list because of the experience his brother had. It's like the old shampoo commercial. They told two friends and so on and so on. So when you make someone feel like a number, it doesn't just hurt this deal. It hurts all your future deals. Oh, it's great. You know, and um, just to throw in my own experience, having gone through baseball recruiting, the things that I tell kids all the time, and I'm sure you've, you've been through this as well, is you want to play for a player's coach who is going to develop you into becoming the best that you are capable of becoming. And you don't right. want to get into a situation where you are a cog in the machine for that coach's ego, or you are playing for, right. the, you know, you want to, you want a player's coach situation. There are certain things you listen for during recruiting and during talking with coaches that they will tell that they'll show their hand. They'll tell you where their priorities lie and they will let you know who the hero of the story is in their eyes. Yes. And that's what you listen for. You want to play for a coach that is looking at you as the hero and developing you as being part of this team, and they have your interest in mind. And so you you strive away from, from coaches who make commitments that you know that there, there's no possible way that they can adhere to. Like, you're going to be our number one weekend starter as a pitcher, or you're going to be our starting second baseman. Those are red flags. You run away from those conversations versus a coach that says, I'm going to give you a fair opportunity to win the job. That's who you want to play for. Um, And so in a sales sense, you know, I like to think of there's a natural progression through a lot of these things. If a salesperson truly believes that their their prospect or client is the hero of the story, they are the benefactor of the value equation. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that and, and how that can be used uh, for, you know, by salespeople to differentiate themselves, because I don't think that it's being done uh, as often as it should be in today's environment. Well, you know, as you shared that story, it made me think about salespeople when they're going through the recruiting process, right? When you're looking, where, where is the right place to hang my hat? What's the right company to sell for? Well, one of the important considerations is, is your manager. And if the manager is looking for all the glory, just like you're talking about with these coaches, it's probably not going to be the right place for you. And so that that's a great contrast from the when you talk about the recruiting experience for salespeople looking for a job and evaluating the opportunity, in particular the manager, as much as they're being evaluated. Such a key point. So Lee, uh, you talked about this earlier. We talked about it a little bit. Was I think it was last week, this fear of change. Fear of change fear is... Change. is is probably your your biggest competitor. If you're in sales, you're doing the right things. Fear of change is probably, or the status quo, is your 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 most fierce competitor. I I, I firmly believe that. And we had a phrase, you know, the the most hated or the the, the scariest uh, sales phrases is this is how we've always done it. So let us dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So let's talk about fear of change. There's an old joke, and maybe you've heard it. There's a man on his deathbed. 
And just before he passes, the devil comes to see him. And the devil says, you know, you've heard some bad things about where I'm from, but they're all wrong. Take a little trip with me. And the man does. And the man goes to hell and, oh, my gosh, the weather is beautiful. The food is outstanding. And he says to the devil, wow, you're right. You got a bad rap. I'm coming here. The next day, the man passes, goes to hell. And all of a sudden, the weather is awful. The food's terrible. He tracks down the devil. He goes, what happened yesterday? Everything was was fantastic and say it's miserable. And the devil says, yesterday, you were a prospect. <laughs> and, right, and this is epidemic in sales. We overset expectations, which has breeded a mistrust. And so whenever we're talking about this wonderful opportunity to work with our company, there's always this hesitation. And it takes a further step in fear of change. You know, we, we lay out this wonderful solution, how things are going to be so much better in working with us, yet for some reason, they don't turn their keys. Why is that? It's fear of change. More specifically, they can't get the picture. They can't see how they go from who they're using today to working with you. And if they make a change to you, and something in the process of moving to you fails, someone's in trouble. Someone's career is in jeopardy, and they don't want it to be them. So we talk about dealing with fear of change. How do we neutralize it? It's through client onboarding. In other words, we have to help them see how they go from working with their current provider to being fully installed working with us. And I describe it as productizing the client onboarding experience. So we don't wait for them to bring up the topic of, gee, how, do, how does it work? How do I go from using those guys to using you? Fear of change is in every deal. If we don't bring up the topic, if we don't have the conversation, high likelihood, it's going to kill your deal. So once you're getting buying signs, it's funny, I just had this conversation with a client and, and they were asking for some strategy advice. And we got into this conversation around client onboarding, that you get to the point where you're getting these buying signs. They're really intrigued by what you do. And then ask them, would it be helpful to understand how you go from working with them to working with us? And it's an interesting question when you ask it. If they say, oh, that would be fantastic. Now you know you're well down the track and you're going to be working together. If they're lukewarm or they say, yeah, I don't think we need to get into that yet. You may want to revisit how strong you think your, your deal is. But let's say you do get that affirmative response. You want to guide them through so they can see the phases of that client onboarding experience. But you don't just say it. You need to have something visual. And the reason is two-thirds of our population is visual. So if all you do is describe it verbally, two-thirds of the population is not going to get it. Notice I said walk them through it. I didn't say you just send it over in an email. This is something that you walk them through. It's a conversation designed to have them develop a high level of confidence that the transition is going to go well and all these wonderful benefits that you told them about that they will receive when they work with you, they're going to experience them and not have any pain along the way. Lee, that, that's great advice. So let's have you on again here in October, here in a, a couple, three weeks. Uh, we're out of time great. today. Um, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll reach out. We'll book you again in, in October because okay. there's, we were just peeling off the, the first small layer right here. Um, but you can great. go to, to Amazon or any bookseller and buy, sell different. Again, Lee, thank you so much for your time today. 
Thank you. And by the way, if you go to selldifferentbook.com, you can download the first chapter for free. Perfect. Thank you very much. And uh, I, I always love talking about differentiation. So we'll have Lee back on in October and talk talk about differentiation uh, some more because it is. It's, it's throughout Great the sales topic. process, everything. But thank you for tuning in. Uh, put that coffee down today, and we will see you next Tuesday here at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Freight Waves TV. I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I've been getting all the work. And I've been shutting down the stars. Yeah, cause when it rains and it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Yeah.